else. <laughs> Chili Crisp sounds like a really amazing break dancer, doesn't it? Doesn't this, that sound like it? Well, I know. I really like the idea of Chili Crisp being Cookie Crisp's cousin. <laughs> Chili Crisp. I, we can make it both a cereal and yes, if we ever decide to become break dancers. That could, be, that could be our name. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Ooh, yeah. Chili Crisp. Chili Crisp Dance Squad. Yeah. Well, speaking oh, of Oh, you're thinking you and I, those would be our, our names. Yeah. If we ever start our breakdancing crew, we would be mm-hmm. we would be Cookie Crisp and Chili Crisp. Or if we ever become graffiti taggers. Yeah. That would probably serve the same function right there, too. Or yeah. drag queens. <laughs> we'll be the House of Crisp. Yeah. We- <laughs> <laughs> honestly cookie crisp is a great name for a drag queen yeah, really, yeah and chili really, crisp yeah. they're both yeah. great names <laughs> all right what we've settled house of, decided- house of crisp, house of crisp. <laughs> so what we've settled and decided on is that we can we can really if we ever decide to really get into the breakdancing game the graffiti game or the drag queen game we're, we're covered. covered we're, we're covered, totally no covered what. that's a great name for literally any artistic endeavor that you could do with your life <laughs> I think we should sign off with those names today. Actually, let's do that. Like when we get to the end of the episode, let's sign off. I'm Chili Crisp. I'll be be Cookie Crisp. crisp. Yeah, you're cool. you're chili crisp. I'll be cookie crisp, and then we'll all right. So yeah, all right. Well, now we have an end for Wait, the that's the bumper. The bumper that's could the, be cookie yeah, yeah. crisp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see if you mention it, but I have a feeling I know which line we're gonna have to use as the bumper for this one because there's a damn yeah, birds. Well, well, that's actually really good. Let's make sure we talk about the damn birds. It's we not are gonna talk about the damn birds. <laughs> uh, anyway, how's it going? <laughs> good. It's been a minute. Yeah. As usual, but whatever. It's our show, so we can do whatever the fuck we want. I like, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure in the last episode we recorded, we were like, listen, guys, we knew we've been away for a long while, but don't worry. We're going to be back super quick this right time. Right back at it. And then, like, cut to a year later. It's like- It's like, been less than that. I think it's been a little less than a year. No way. It's not been almost a year. I don't think really? it's been a full year, but it's been a little, it hasn't been four months. Oh, Oops. But that's all right. But people will be excited. Well, you know what's really funny? We've been away for a really long time, and the first movie that we review on our horror podcast <laughs> when we come back is a not horror movie. <laughs> all right. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you full mea culpa, because I think the last time <laughs> I picked a movie, you were not happy about it, and you did accuse me of saying that it was not a horror movie. And I, I think there was a case to be made that it was a horror movie. For Jaws or this? For, for Jaws 2. Okay. But for this movie, I want to say I realized about ten minutes into it, you're absolutely correct because, um, well, we haven't intro- well we haven't introduced ourselves and we we'll intro it in a second. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, setting yeah. the stage. Yeah, we're setting the stage. So, but let's say hi to the people so that they know that we're here. So, hey, uh, we're back. Hi, everybody. I'm Donna, and I'm Andrew, and welcome back to your yearly edition of Stab Gab. <laughs> <laughs> the only weekly podcast that broadcasts once a year. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, this episode, now that we're back in the saddle, yeah. is the not horror movie <laughs> Predator 2. Los Angeles, 1997. It's the hottest summer on record. Pollution is choking the city. The gangs control the streets. It has not been a nice day. As bad as things are. They're about to get worse. Much worse. You don't know what you're dealing with. Other world life forms drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions. Tigers. The bears. Oh my. 
Glover, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton. Predator 2. He's in town with a few days to kill this Thanksgiving. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you early on the Predator 2 not being hard. So here, here's the Let's thing. We'll talk about it, but, you know, not horror. All right, if so... I, again, I use the blockbuster analogy. <laughs> I was at Blockbuster shelving movies. Right. This would go in either action or sci-fi. Yes. All right, well, here's why. All right, here's why my impression was why I thought it would... The tone, be- Andrew! <laughs> here's- All right, so I think this. So I think, because I watched Predator 1 and Predator 2 basically back-to-back. Last night, I ooh, watched Predator ooh, 1. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. And then today, I was, I was like, right before we record, I'm going to watch Predator 2. So it's fresh in my mind. And I will say this. While I do think Predator 1 is sci-fi, I mean, of course it's sci-fi because it's a space alien from outer space, I think it plays more like a horror movie. In the first movie, you don't see Predator, you don't know anything about Predator. All you see, The first things you see are his weird sort of infrared vision that he uses to track people down and kill them. So the first hour of Predator is sort of laying out these sort of breadcrumbs of like, hey, I think something just moved in the trees, but you can't quite see what it is. And he's sort of quasi-invisible, so it's like, I think I just saw a shape move. And then you see the infrared. And it builds, I think, like a horror movie, like the same way like Jason in a Friday the 13th movie is looking. Yeah. Like he stalks people for the first hour and then he kills everybody. And then bloodshed. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a science fiction movie, but it is blood and guts and something grabbing you and pulling you and killing you. So like I kind of feel it has a horror pedigree. So I don't know. Do you agree with me on that? Do you not agree with me? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It still feels pretty sci-fi, but I will say this. When Predator came out, right. I also rewatched Predator before watching this movie. Um, I remember Predator coming out, mm-hmm. and then I remember when it landed on TV. And I, again, don't know where my parents were. I just like watched so much inappropriate stuff, Predator being one of them. And I remember Predator scared the fucking shit out of yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I was terrified of that movie. And yeah. I hadn't watched Predator since then because mm-hmm. I, you know, it was just kind of like those things that stick with you. And then I watched Predator, and surprise, surprise, it wasn't as scary (laughs) as I remembered because I'm now a full-grown adult. Right. But, yeah, that's, you know, Predator 1's scary. Yeah. They're being hunted. Yeah. Let's do a little recap of Predator 1 for any anybody out there who has not had the pleasure of watching <laughs> Predator 1. All right. Predator so, Senior. Predator Senior. <laughs> Predator Alpha. And then, yeah. Predator Senior. And we're reviewing Predator Junior. Predator Junior. <laughs> um, I wish, oh, what if there was a Predator Junior and it was like a baby Predator? Well, I mean, I haven't seen all of the Alien vs. Predator, Predator movies. And the, isn't there's a Predator dog in one of the later Predator movies? If I remember. No way. Yeah, I think so. I think in the last one that came out. That was like oh a couple God. years ago. You're like predators. They're just like us. They have house pets. <laughs> they have families. They go grocery shopping. Pets. They have mortgages and everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Lay out uh, Predator 1 for the nice folks. Or do you want me to lay out Predator 1 for the nice folks? Uh, You can do it. Okay. This is your jam. 
I'm along for this predator ride. <laughs> You're like, this is your fault. You did this to us. You yeah, this is your version. fault. So you do it. Giddy up. <laughs> okay. <so for> <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you sounded super nervous. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because in the, enti- the entire life of the show, this is literally only the second movie I've picked. And I realize I failed at literally every turn. I failed at, at uh, yeah, picking a horror movie for a horror movie podcast. But <laughs> You're in the hot seat for the next time you pick. Better be fucking good. No, it's gonna have to be like it part one and part two at the exact same time or something like that. But <laughs> um but anyway, so Predator One is the adventures of a bunch of muscle bound, oiled up dudes led by Arnold Schwarzenegger, <sighs> Carl Weathers, uh Jesse the Body Ventura, like three other dudes, and film director and screenwriter Shane Black who for some reason is cast in the movie. Actually, I know why he was cast in the movie because they wanted to have a screenwriter on set to do punch up on the script. And they thought the cheaper way to get Shane Black was to hire him as an actor to be in the movie. And then while he was in the movie, he could also throw in for the script while he was there. Double duty. Double duty. So so it's the story of a Don't bunch- Don't forget the lead lady who had no lines and no reason to be yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lady and she probably has a name, but we don't know what it is. And uh, She and literally she's... has no reason to be there. You, She's taken hostage. You think, that there's going to be a romance between her and the gubernator, but there isn't. So <laughs> then not. by the end of the movie, she's literally said five words and you're just like, why were you here? I think I said this to you before, but the real romance in that movie is between Arnold and Carl Weathers. So I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. So Predator is the story of a bunch of commandos who get dropped into an unnamed South American country or something. And the whole idea is that they're there to do like this rescue and extraction mission. And while they are sort of on this mission, it turns out that there is a alien from outer space who's been deposited on planet Earth to hunt man for sport. And he successfully is that what determined is that determined that he's there to hunt man for sport? Well, well, yeah, because he's keeping trophies. Yeah, and... but that's in two. No, but he keeps trophies in one. He rips skulls oh, out, really? out of about yeah, yeah. He keeps oh, he, okay, he sorry. Yeah, you know no, what? But... You're the one doing the recap. I should maybe let <laughs> sorry, you do it. Sorry, <laughs> I mean you're probably right. It's probably the actual he's hunting for sport is a little more clearly underlined in the second movie. But... I'm like you're trying too hard to make sense of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then the Predator basically picks off every one of the muscle-bound military guys until it just gets down to Predator v. Arnold. And then Arnold uses the jungle against the Predator, and they have a big old fight, and he ends up not quite successfully defeating the Predator, but while the Predator is sort of defeated, he sets a self-destruct button on his armor, and the Predator blows up. So Arnold sort of survives by the skin of his teeth. And that's basically the original Predator. It's a haunted house movie, but that takes place in the middle of the jungle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's a beautiful recap. Thanks. Thanks. I, you Predator know, in 10 seconds. Predator in 10 seconds. Yeah, your 10 seconds of Predator. So that's Predator 1. And it was a big old hit. Arnold had had a big hit with Terminator and then a sort of a minor hit follow-up with Commando. Predator was really the movie that sort of solidified, oh, this guy's a genuine star. We can put in all sorts of movies, not just Terminator movies. Uh, It was directed by John McTiernan, who would later go on to direct the original Die Hard. So it was sort of his training wheels to do Die Hard. He also had some fabulous ad-libbing. Uh, Predator 1. Oh, Arnold? Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you mean like when he threw the knife into the guy's chest and he goes, stick around, like that part? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Do it in the Arnold voice. You do a great Arnold. 
he throws a knife into the guy's chest. He goes, "Stick around," and 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 which is which is pretty. Actually, my favorite line in the movie, and you and I have talked about this before in our real life, is where they have to. Sort I love of that ch- we've talked about this before in real life. I love that this is like this is not the first time we've had this conversation. No, we've had deep, deep, deep Arnold conversations before. But the best, the best one is the line where he meets Carl Weathers for the first time, and they're two old war buddies meeting again after a couple of years. So they're catching up. And they meet first by doing this manful handshake where their biceps come popping out of their clothes. Yeah. And and then to basically say like, hey, Carl Weathers, your muscles are getting soft. He has this line. And the line, if it was delivered by like Bruce Willis or somebody like that would have been like, hey, man, what does the CIA have you doing? Pushing pencils? Because he's not in shape anymore. But it's Arnold and he's ridiculous. So he's like, I see the CIA as you're pushing pencils. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like give me a it's, break. it's amazing. It's the best line because it's so meant to be a regular Joe line. And it is said by a Terminator. And it's the funniest thing in the world. So so then we fast forward three years later to Predator 2. But Predator 2 takes place in the future. The future. Tell which, them what year. <laughs> which this version of the future is 1997. This movie posits that from 1990 to seven years later, that L.A. will will have devolved into being the demilitarized zone. Gangs entirely take over all of Los Angeles. The police are much more soldiers than they are cops. And there are like these barricades everywhere. And yeah, all of the gangs are in charge and they kind of control the streets. This basically explored a trope that I really love. There was this weird window of time for about 10 years where people were making these movies that were set not terribly far from when the movie comes out. And so like you had that movie. I think Demolition Man was a movie like that. I think the future in Demolition Man is not terribly far from the time it came out. Uh, I remember Strange Days. That movie did that where it's the future movie that takes place on New Year's Eve 1999 before it turns into the year 2000. And I forget when that movie came out. It might have come out in like 95. But that whole thing was like, oh, yeah, in the future, we're using a secret new drug and we're all jacking into the Internet. And like, you know, that Apple does that, too. I think the Apple came out in 80 or 81. That's oh another God. movie that takes place in 97, which yeah. I don't what's, why was everyone so obsessed with 97? I don't know. I think maybe Prince had already come out with his 1999 song and he kind of ruined that for being like, well, shit, that was the most futuristic name, but Prince ruined it for us. So let's oh, go back. We'll have to back use, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, just back down. Go, in to, 97. go to go to future of 97. <laughs> seven, seven. Seven, seven. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So basically in 1997, you do not want to be living in downtown Los Angeles. And the general idea, I believe, is you went from the actual jungle of Predator 1 to the urban to the jungle. jungle, the urban jungle of LA. Exactly, exactly. So there you go. The first full eight minutes of this movie is just a shootout scene. And then there's a small break. And then we go back to shooting again. <laughs> yeah. And my first note that I actually wrote is uh, this movie's too loud. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really it is really. Loud. I actually did have to turn it down about halfway through. I was the like, oh my sequence. god, this is so. I'm like, ah, this is so loud. Yeah, yeah. I wrote in my notes that this movie struck me as if it was written, produced, photographed, and directed by a bag of cocaine because everything is at an eleven the entire time. It's like the gunfire at an eleven. 
the sort of way the characters talk to, to each other is at an 11. Like everyone's interaction is like, fuck you, you fucking fucker. And it's like, fuck you, asshole. And like, no, you're a piece of shit. And fuck you. And it's just like, it's a lot of like testosterone. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of- The yeah, whole movie yeah. is just like one big dose of testosterone. Yes. So the streets are now owned by essentially two gangs, the Jamaicans and the Colombians. So in the opening scene, the cops are up against the Colombian gang. Yeah. And we should also point out just before we go any farther that I don't think Predator 2 is going to win any awards in the cultural sensitivity (laughs) um, area because, you know, obviously the gangs are Colombians versus Jamaicans. And um, I don't know. Let's just say the stereotypes oh my god yeah and the really stereotype the stereotyping is at an 11 yeah it's like real the rough. colombian gangs are all fucked up on cocaine yeah the jamaican gangs are all a bunch of like heavy stoners and it's just like all right uh, i get us- it i get what you're trying to convey yeah. here did you happen to pick up on what the name of the jamaican gang's name was no what was it it was king willie's voodoo posse which more than one person calls it at a certain point. And again, this film will win no awards for sensitivity in any way. Wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the the only moment that was, you know, because when the Jamaican guys show up and they're all smoking huge uh, joints, and the only thing I had thinking at the time is I was like, well, at least there's a 50% chance the Predator's going to smoke a big giant joint in this movie. God, I wish he did. He doesn't actually ever do that, but the way that the movie sort of set it up, I was like, well. It would have done something for the movie. What? I don't know, (laughs) but it would have done something. (laughs) We should talk main characters. Yes. So we are introduced to Danny Glover at this point. He shows up on the scene. He is the big hotshot cop of the LAPD. He has superiors that he ignores and leads his cohort of coppers into a building to chase down the Colombian drug lords and put an end to their terror. In the opening scene during the shootout, we're also introduced to or reintroduced to Predator at this point. Predator has landed in LA and he's observing this fight. So the camera is kind of bouncing between the incredibly loud shootout scene between the LAPD and the gang and then also Predator vision while he observes the fight. We find out at some point in this movie the reason Predator is here and it kind of answers why he was even in the forest in Predator 1 is that this particular species of alien is attracted to violence. Yeah. So they showed up in the jungles in nondescript South America because there were drug wars going on there. They are in L.A. because of the gang wars that's happening there. And also they make some throwaway line where it's like he's also attracted to like heat or something. So like it explains why he's in like the hot jungle in the first one. And then Predator 2 takes place during a heat wave in L.A. So there's a whole thing where it's like he's attracted to the violence and the heat of L.A. And that's why. You know. Ooh, violence and heat. <laughs> that almost makes it sound like it was an exciting movie. It's going to be a porn. <laughs> Someone turned that into a porn. I, I bet there's got to be there's a Predator gotta be porn There's got to be a Predator there. porn. I mean, with a face like that, there's got to be a Predator porn made somebody. Yeah, somewhere no kidding. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go into that, but yeah. <laughs> I see where you're headed. I see you, Andrew. Pre- predator? Yeah, Predator. Well, maybe wow. that was, I don't know. Pre- Probably Predator. not. It probably wasn't Predator, but it was probably something Predator. like Predator. <laughs> <Yes>. So lame. <laughs> Love it. Or this one could have just been Predator Do. I like Predator. Predator is, yeah, that's yeah. maybe my preferred way of doing wow. it. But. Yeah. Um, I forget what Danny Glover's name is. I think it's like Hannigan or something, but I'm just going to call him We're just going to call him Danny Glover. 
Danny's got three people on his cop team. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton comes in as the young gun replacement guy. Oh my God. I love Bill Paxton, but in this movie, I also wrote in my notes... Jesus, stop with the jokes. Yeah, yeah, It's just like fucking dad joke after dad joke. He's the comic relief. Yeah, he's the comic relief. He's the guy who like specifically requested a transfer to nasty downtown LA. So he's there and he's- He's a hot shot. He's a young young gun who's trying to prove himself. He's a young 35-year-old gun on his way up the ladder of being a cop. Because that's the other thing. Everyone keeps calling him kid. Like, kid, you don't want any part of this. And kid, why'd you transfer here? And I'm like, I'm like, like, look at this guy. He's He's not not old, but he's not a kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's- It's 80s casting. (laughs) I mean, he played Ferris Bueller's older brother, high school brother, like not all that long (laughs) before this movie. Or not Ferris Bueller, sorry. Uh, uh, weird Jesus. Science. Uh, you're, you're uh, weird Science. Weird Science. The guy who starred opposite Anthony Michael Hall. His name was Chet. That's what I remember. His name yeah, was Yeah, the brother's name was Chet. Yeah. He was home from military school or something. Yeah, yeah. He's actually really fucking yeah. funny in that movie. But um, I love that. That's such a good movie. <laughs> Anyways, we're not reviewing that movie. <laughs> I would never make fun. I, I mean, well, maybe a slight roasting of that movie, but... If we come, right, if we come back Rector. to another non-horror movie... I'm like, can we talk about anything besides this movie, please? <laughs> 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 You're killing me, Andrew. I, I was going to say, maybe the next time I'm allowed to pick a movie, it'll be like, and weird science, because, you know, it's the horror of computers coming to life and... <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bill Paxton, he's the young gun guy, and then there's a uh, Ruben Blades, who, in addition to having just a fantastic name, was kind of all over. That's a great it's name. It's a great name, and he was kind of all over movies during this era. And so he's Danny Glover's right hand man. He's his bestie. His bestie. They came up through the force together. Yeah, they came up through the ranks together. And then there's a lady cop who actually has a fucking personality and lines in this movie unlike the woman lead in Predator Senior. Yeah, in Predator Senior, she's just a sort of a local person they find or she's like... She's just eye candy. Yeah, she's just... I would think that maybe she had more of a presence and it ended up on the cutting room floor. It, probably. that's It could very well But for been. all I know, they were just like, let's just put a pretty face in there. I think she's just there to break up the testosterone fest. Like, that's the only reason that she's basically... Testosterone-y. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and My favorite. Favorite dish, my favorite pasta dish. That's uh, the best chef boyardee that you can get mm-hmm. is testosterone. It's really good, and uh, it's um, got a long shelf life. <laughs> it comes in a can. You keep it up on the on the shelf for a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. So it's Maria Conchita Alonso plays. I forget what the character's name is, but she plays the other. We'll cop. just call her Maria. We can shorten it to MCA if we want. So she plays MCA. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So MCA, Ruben Blades, and Danny Glover. They're the main team, and they are just joined by Young Gun Bill, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. So that's your. That's your cop team, and uh, yeah. Cop team. I think that's the technical name <laughs> cop for teams. what you call an organized group of cops. The cop team. It's cop team, yeah. Oh, team. what team are you on? I'm on cop team. I used to be with fire team, but now I'm with cop team. I would, Yeah, I used to be with the parking ticket team. <laughs> but now I'm on cop team. <laughs> Yeah, so they're so basically they're all cynics. They've seen it all. Danny is revealed in very short order to be a cop who doesn't in any way play by the rules. A lot of your standard. He goes rogue. He makes his own decisions. Yeah, somebody's actually looking over his file at a certain point, and it's like, especially in the light of today, where we're freshly appalled by all of this stuff in the real world. But it's like someone's looking at his thing, and it's like. He's crashed 11 cars, um, you know, screwed up this many buses, caused this much damage, uses excessive force against people, but he makes arrests. 
And that's like, that's yeah. the justification why Danny's a good They're guy. They're like, that's why you still have a job. Yeah. yeah, he may be a menace to every citizen in Los Angeles and beats everybody up whenever Reverend shoots people in the back and does all these terrible things, but he gets but results. But he makes arrests. <laughs> he makes arrests. And he looks good while doing it. <laughs> He's very sweaty in this movie. As I mean, as is everybody. Everyone's very Everyone's sweaty. Everyone's real in sweaty in this yeah. movie. Yeah. So they go to chase the bad dudes into the building, the Colombians. And while they're going after them, our old pal Predator gets to the drug lords first. Yeah. There's an explosion. By the time Danny Glover and his team get to the bad guys, they find that they've all been mutilated and they find one of the dudes hanging upside down by his feet and skinned, just like we had seen them in Predator Senior. But then they are promptly kicked out of the building by top brass. And then there are harsh words for Danny Glover from like, sergeants or people more senior than him that are just like we told you to wait for us blah 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 the setup for that is that danny is told by his commanding officer that the feds are coming in to take over the investigation mm-hmm. and by feds we mean gary by busey. feds we mean gary busey so gary busey shows up with these guys who just like they look like a bunch of finance bros. Yeah, they look like finance bros. And it's a little unclear who they are. They're just sort of like a special feds team. This movie does the thing that every movie of this time period does, which is it just assumes the worst possible thing that could happen in any police situation is the feds. Aliens. No, is the feds coming in to take over your investigation. Oh, not aliens. No, aliens are bad as well. <laughs> aliens are not good. but They're we, just even, worried about a pissing contest. Yeah, even worse than aliens are the feds coming in to take over your investigation even though Danny's mm-hmm. investigation lasted about three minutes and was mostly a lot of like a hurricane of Uzi fire and he hadn't really done anything yet and the feds are led by Gary Busey and you know since it's Gary Busey you know that he's probably up to no good you know? yes because yeah. Gary Busey is up to no good yeah. in real life <laughs> and on TV yeah yeah, so I should point out this movie was produced by a guy named Joel Silver, and Joel Silver produced both Die Hard and the Lethal Weapon series. So what's kind of fantastic about this movie is, um, oh, this is something I didn't say earlier. This is my favorite kind of sequel, which is the sequel you make when you can't get any of the people back from the original. Like anyone who was in the original wants nothing to do with your shitty sequel. So I think Joel Silver's solution was, well, we can't get Arnold, so I'll just bring in pretty much the entire cast of Lethal Weapon and a few guys from Die Hard. Well, you know, I mean, if it's the future, (laughs) yeah, 1997, sure there could have been some like resurrection technology. (laughs) Yeah, you know. So far in the future, seven years, who knows what could happen? Well, you know, we probably would have had to wait uh, two more years until 1999 for the the actual uh, resurrection uh, resurrection. technology where we can get a cloned called Weathers to come back and clean up the mean streets of LA. Yeah, yeah. Clones don't come in until 99 and then um, predator human hybrids not until at least 2001. So, yeah. So... Danny and his team get kicked off the project. There's a lot of hurt feelings, yada, yada, bruised male egos, wah, wah. And um, <laughs> there's yet another murder that happens with another huge Colombian drug lord that is ambushed by the Jamaican gang. But everyone is killed. Everyone is strung up a la Predator style. I wanted to throw a little color on that because yeah. just because 
you know, you have this very bombastic opening of the film where it's drug lords versus cops with lots of machine gun fire and everyone being sweaty and Danny Glover's investigation is getting taken over and he's not happy about it. He's like, fuck this. And he's just, he's like, yeah, he's angry. So that sort of sets the stage for all the conflict. And then we cut to the home of the guy who heads the Colombian drug lords. Yes. And he's having gratuitous 1980s sex. Oh my God. uh, Yeah. Yeah, It's (laughs) like the sex is like... What the fuck's going on here? I'm pretty sure you're hurting her. There's just like screaming and flailing. And I'm just like, this is not hot. Oh, God. And then the camera zooms in. But from like way out, you can already hear her screaming in ecstasy, which actually to me sounded more like bloody murder. (laughs) I was like, is somebody getting killed? I'm like, no, she's just having 80 sex. Yeah. So so they're in the middle of having sex. And then the Jamaican gang busts through the door and takes the two people hostage and yeah they sort of hang the colombian guy upside down and i don't know there's a lot of talk of like voodoo and stuff my first thought when they were like starting this voodoo ceremony i was like oh they're gonna like call predator in like this is his bat signal right at first i was like oh maybe they're in cahoots with predator and they're calling him over. And then I was like, oh, that would be really cool. I hope that's happening. But then that didn't happen. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, which is like at a certain point, was Voodoo maybe going to be used to like resurrect the Predator oh, or something Voodoo's like that? used to bring Carl Weathers back. Or maybe bring Carl Weathers back, like one of those deals. Yet again, you and I write a better movie. I know, movie. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Come on. But they're really laying out like that there's this sort of very mystical thing going on with the Jamaican gang. And they hang up the Colombian guy upside down. And what are they going to do? They're going to stab him and rip his heart out or something? They're going to rip his heart out for some sort of sacrifice. And I don't know if it comes to that because then all of a sudden Predator, who had been watching them from a skylight, crashes in (laughs) and then kills everyone, hangs them up, skins them. Yeah. The only person that's left alive is the girlfriend. Yeah, the poor naked lady who is given no dignity in the scene because they basically just make her sit there naked the entire time while yeah, all the bad guys I'm do everything. Like, oh, yeah, just like, oh, someone needs their SAG card. Yeah, yeah. there's literally a scene later when the cops come in and like throw a robe around her and it's like, oh, gee, thanks, cops. It's like if only the movie had treated this poor lady as well as the fictional cop characters did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so Predator kills everybody and leaves yet another big, giant, bloody mystery scene for the cops and now the feds to solve. So Danny and his team show up, even though they're not supposed to be there. And Carrie Busey and team have had it. They're just like, you are totally off of this. I don't want to see your fate. Don't come around here no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Danny ignores them. And he sends his right hand man who came up with him through the ranks back later on at night to do a little snooping around the crime scene. Yeah, he's like, Reuben Blades, keep it quiet and go back to the crime scene to see what you can figure out. Find the clues that the feds clearly missed. Because Danny just hates the feds. feds. He just hates the feds. (laughs) Literally, they have the scene where they're like, Danny, you got to let the feds take it over. They're in charge. It's their investigation now. And he's like, okay. And then he walks four feet away from that office to where all of his people are. And he's like, we're going to totally solve this case. Just uh, don't tell the feds anything. So he's already an awful police officer. He's already got his plan. They send Reuben Blades back to the apartment. I guess he's looking around and he finds, what is it? He finds the Predator's weapon? He finds a weapon, like a spearhead. We come to find out later through some tests 
that the metal or the element or whatever it is, the compound that is used to make this spear is nothing of this world. Yeah, yeah. Like it's super sharp metal, but it's light as air, they say, something like that. So yeah, so Ruben Blades basically finds this thing. And then he's the first of our heroes who's then caught by the predator. And I just burped. You did. I didn't. Get picked up. I didn't hear it. No, I didn't. You know. Yeah. You got a burp canceling microphone. <laughs> it's. I tell you, we really made strides in burp cancellation. It's really. It's. Uh, it's, fa- it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But not breathing cancellation. <laughs> not breathing cancellation. Or, or running nose cancellation. <sighs> I don't know if it, I don't know if you heard me breathing into the microphone, but. So yeah, his bud's killed. Danny Glover's bud is killed by uh, by predator. Predator Jr. And we don't even see like the fallout. By the time we get to the next scene, it's already common knowledge that he's been killed by like whatever this thing is. And Danny is now seeing red and he's out for blood because now it's personal. He actually has a graveside scene. He goes to Ruben Blades's grave and puts down like his old badge and like a picture of him and Ruben Blades. And this is like, where we find out that Predator has a heart of gold. He won't kill children. <laughs> That's right. That's he right. sees a little I... kid in the graveyard and goes to make contact with him, and uh, he doesn't kill him. When Danny gets there, there's another family that's arrived to go pay their respects to somebody else, and they leave their son there, and they're like, here, you stay in the car while we go visit this grave. And the little kid has a toy gun. He gets out of the car. He goes around the corner. And he's just kind of like fake, like rat-a-tat-tatting his gun in the graveyard. But we see like the kid can see the shape of Predator, his invisible mystery shape. It's like gelatin. Yeah, he does look like gelatin. And the Predator locks in on the kid's gun. And like you think the Predator is about to kill this kid. And then the kid's like, do you want some candy, Predator? He doesn't say Predator. But he says, do you want I some wish candy? he did. Hey, Predator. Hey, Predator. Hey, Predator, who's now in his second film. Would you like a piece of candy? Did you know that that's actually actually a young Neil Patrick Harris? That kid? I'm totally You're fucking with me. You're completely fucking with me. I was like, like, here's what I was doing. While I'm pausing on that, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. Doogie Howser was on years before, at least, it was on at least three years before Predator 2 came out. No way that, yeah. So, yeah, so Predator does not kill the kid and spares him, even though the kid had what looked like a hostile weapon on him. So, yes, you're right. That is our first inkling that the Predator may live by a code. Should we cover the scene where Danny gets picked up by the Jamaican gang in the in the the weed mobile and then is dropped (laughs) off? Which again was just like, oh my God, fucking stereotype. At some point, Danny has to meet with the Jamaican gangs to find out what they know or to- Yeah, somehow the Jamaican gang seems to know kind of what's up. They don't necessarily know that it is an alien from outer space, but they know that it is a thing not of this world and a thing that is evil. And he knows this because the chicken bones told him that. <laughs> the whole thing is Danny set up. He's like, I have to go. The only way I'm going to find out what's really going on is if I talk to King Willie himself. So he makes an arrangement to get picked up by King Willie's guys who roll up in a car and they're all smoking huge joints. Totally hot boxing. Yeah. And Danny gets in the car and we see the car drive away. And all I was thinking was, how was Danny not high as fuck when he gets out of that car? Because literally when the car windows roll down for them to say, get in the car, Danny, plumes of smoke come like, you know, it's like somebody lit their backyard leaves on fire. Like that's how much smoke this thing is producing out of the car. And so Danny like gets in the car. Maybe he is high. 
<laughs> maybe it's high. He's just like whatever. He's maybe like, Danny never really saw Predator at the end of the movie. He was just so high for the rest of the like, movie. Are that he's like, are you real? Or he's like, really I fucking, fucking saw spinning. this giant guy who turned invisible, and I went on his spaceship, and I saw an alien skull there. Everyone's like, sure you did. We know you were hanging out with the Jamaican gang. Yeah, yeah. They're like, whatever, Danny. So the Jamaican guys drive him over, and then he meets King Willie himself, head of the Jamaican gang. Uh, yeah, and King Willie comes out, and he's basically talking about how the Predator is a spirit from the other side or something, or like he's and an it's evil like, sp- No, he's a thing from another planet, but you're kind of on the right track. You're more right than everyone else is. Yeah, he's more right than wrong, but still not accurate. And then he like, yeah, he starts reading the bones because he drops a bunch of- I don't Yeah, know, he shakes them up like dice and throws them on top of a upside down garbage can. And King Willie is very much played as an authority figure on what the hell's going on at this point. So he's like, he's like, oh. Oh, you think it's just something out to kill people? No, no, it's a demonic force from the other side. As he reads the bones, you bad. Think- he didn't know enough to know that he was about to die. Yeah, because then the predator just drops down. And he's like, "Fuck that! I'm actually an alien from outer space." And how do you know? And why? I'm going to kill gonna- you. Yeah, because he uses his predator claws, and so he kills King Willie. Mm-hmm. And he takes his head, and this is the time where we get to see like his trophy case he has a bunch of skulls of a bunch of different things you're right we see him sever king willie's head and then he takes king willie's head back to his spaceship he takes that skull out of king willie's head like you take a bowling ball out of a bowling ball bag he deboned him like yeah, a fish. he debones him yeah and he and he and he Did you say he bones him he Sorry, bones him. cut that out Let's That's cut pre- this out. I don't. People don't need to know that I'm actually a 13 year old boy. I, no, no. I think. Uh, I, I think Predator. <laughs> yeah, Predator bones him. I think is actually what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Predator. God. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. We. But we see him put King Willie's skull up in his trophy case. O skulls. With like a bunch of other skulls and some skulls are just like, what the hell is that thing? But you're a man of international travel and mystery. You don't know what you're encountering in the galaxy. We don't see it yet, but we see a skull later when Danny gets to his spaceship. Remind me because there's a an inside joke. Yeah, a little joke. factoid. Yeah, a, a little, little factoid, factoid for later. So. Nice. So then Predator goes from like zero to a hundred in like a matter of seconds. So the dream team is out looking for this thing, this thing that they don't even know what it is after Danny Glover's best bud dies. And they're on the subway in Los Angeles and it's surprisingly crowded. Well, it's 1997. Oh, this is true. Well, population of LA quadrupled. Yeah. And people don't have cars because yeah. Ever since the No Cars Act of 1995, uh, you mm, were I remember cars that. I remember that anymore. act of yeah. No Car LA, 1995. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're on the trail of more gang guys, right? I guess I don't know. I don't even know why they're in the subway. They're in the subway. Right. This is where Predator goes from like zero to a hundred. Predator <laughs> at this point is just kind of like lurking in the shadows, keeping to himself, only attacking people in small groups, killing everyone involved. And then all of a sudden, Predator rolls up on the fucking subway, reveals himself, and it just turns into a bloodbath. They're doing a little social commentary first on the subway where there's these street gang guys, not to be confused with the cartel guys, but there's some street gang guys. Yeah, they're like some low-level gang life. They're not part of the Colombians. They're not part of the Jamaicans. They're just these like... They're just subway hoods. Yeah, it's like amateur hour. 
So they're just trying to like rough everybody up and freak everybody out. And there's this one like Bernie Getz dude who pulls a gun out of his briefcase and he's like, I'm going to shoot you guys before you shoot us. And then like everybody, everybody. takes a gun out on the subway. So. Which I'm just like, oh, that's like America today. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think in the same way this movie didn't know what to do as a Predator sequel when they couldn't have Arnold back and they couldn't have a jungle setting back. I think they took their cues weirdly from RoboCop where they're like, let's do sort of like a satire on like modern violence or something like that. Because it's it's sort of played as a big old joke that everybody has a gun on the subway. And there's, oh, we didn't even mention this. Morton Downey Jr. is in this movie. Oh yeah, he plays the he plays the um fake uh celluloid like a spoof news of hard copy. Show. Yeah, it's like hard copy. Yeah, Morton Downey Jr. not playing himself. Uh, I don't know if do people know who Morton Downey Jr. is anymore. I don't know if he's probably been a not. Lost to time, but, but I mean, Morton Downey Jr. was like the first Fox News host. He was this sort of weird, faux, angry guy who would chain smoke, and I I think he had like a talk show or something. And- he did. He had a talk show or. Was it a talk show or a radio show? I don't remember, but I do remember he smoked a whole hell of a lot. I think he died from smoking. Yeah. His whole thing was that he was like... He's like a loud mouth. Like he was like a loud mouth, conservative-y, like wanted to tell everyone that they're all scumbags. And Yeah, he was basically like Tucker Carlson before there was Tucker Carlson. <sighs> So he's running around like an independent news guy. He hosts a show called Hardcore. And he shows up every, it's, it's just like, how did you even get in here? Yeah, he just shows up and he's like, you gotta tell us what's going on. Freedom of the press. And it's like, you know, we gotta, we, you know, we gotta. We got a right to know. Anyway, he's in the movie. So the Morton Downey Jr. part combined with the subway gun violence part just sort of had me thinking like, oh, they're kind of trying to be RoboCop a little bit with Predator mm-hmm. 2. So yeah, so everything goes to shit on the subway. Bill Paxton dies by the hands of Predator, by the claws of Predator. He sort of by gives the swamp his, hands. Of by his giant, giant clawed swamp hands. His of giant swamp hands kill him. It's played as because at this point in the movie, we the movie has told us that we've warmed to Bill Paxton's character, so it's sort of seen. He's not as that bad a, of a guy. At the beginning of the movie, you're like, this guy is going to get people killed with his ego, and then by this point, you're just like, you, you kind of part of the a team. little bit of a shine to him. He's sort of done things for the better of the team and everything, so he's earned his place as a team member. So that means naturally that he has to die. And with all the carnage going on in the subway, like something happens and like a strobe light effect kicks in. So like all the lights on the subway are off. So Bill Paxton has to fight the Predator in the dark while there's a strobe light effect going off. Yeah. So Predator kills Bill and then Predator almost kills the female. Maria Conchito Alonso. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) MCA. Um, MCA. MCA. Yes. Predator is about to kill her, and then with his heat vision, sees that she's pregnant and leaves her alone. Heart of gold. Yeah, in a plot point that I'm fairly certain is at no point ever brought up ever again, we learn that Maria Conchita Alonso is pregnant. And yeah, yes. Predator, Predator, he has heat vision and apparently sonogram vision because he's able to see a baby. So he just kind of knocks her out or something. Like we think he's maybe going to kill her, but he sees that she's pregnant. So I think the next time we see her is she's being dragged out of the wreckage of the subway car by the med team. But she's alive. And somebody says she's alive and we can detect a fetal heartbeat. So this is our second clue, I believe, that the Predator is... It's actually a really nice guy. He's, he's, he's not, you know, he's not too bad a guy once you get to know him. He's actually nicer than some humans in the world. Predator's actually, he's a good guy. He's only there to hunt drug dealers. Yes. Okay, this is where we have the beginning of the end. 
happened. Danny sees that one of his other teammates is dead. Another one is in the hospital. And he- He's a man alone now. He's like, I'm going after him. And he starts walking down the subway. He sees a gelatinous shapeshifter running into a doorway to escape the subway. Yeah. And then another question I asked myself was, would a real cop do that? Like, would a real anyone do that? Like, fuck. No, this. after your entire team was killed by a space alien and you can't see, I don't think my first move would be like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to throw myself into that meat grinder. I'm going to be the person that ends this. Maybe he only kills and skins and debones everybody else. Maybe I'll be different. So this is where we start our big chase scene that ultimately brings us into the end of the movie. So Danny is in hot pursuit of the alien, of uh, Predator. I keep calling him alien. It's just like misleading. It's like we're not talking about alien. Well, we're about I think you're referring to him as an alien, not as the alien. Yeah. I think. Wait till we review Aliens vs. Predator, and then Oof. we'll... I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> Andrew, you got to make another friend and start a sci-fi <laughs> podcast. Probably. <laughs> um, so... This is sort of when he's brought into the confidence of Gary Busey and, and the military bros. Well, there's a there's a pursuit. There's a hot pursuit that happens first. They're up on the roof. They're like Is that when Predator's hit by lightning? Do you remember that uh, scene? that's like a little earlier. Okay. And that was just kind of like a visual porn. He's like on the roof and he's got the Jamaican guy's head and he's just like wah ha 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 and he's right. like hit by lightning. But he's hit by lightning and it makes his whole body glow and for a minute I was like yeah. is Predator lightning powered? No, I don't think so. I think it was just no. like a visual stunning moment. Okay. He's just so strong he can resist lightning mm -hmm. shooting through his body. Okay, fair enough. What can't that guy do? What can't ah, that yes. guy do? Ah. Yeah, they're both kind of in hot pursuit of each other. You don't really know who's hunting who at this point. I guess they're just both kind of hunting each other. And this is the scene that I like literally laughed out loud so hard over and I had to pause because I started laughing so hard. <laughs> Which one? It was... Danny's on the roof. It's a very intense moment. We don't know where Predator is at this point. He's like kind of walking around. The music's building. And then just when you think something's going to pop out at him, like Predator, right. instead it's a flock of pigeons. <laughs> That's right. And they fly out and they scare Danny. And then they're gone and it's quiet. And then Danny's just like, birds. <laughs> Damn birds. What's great is that he he mumbles it for a while. It's not just like like oh, yeah. A there's bird another there's another point in that scene that there's another bird and he's like birds and I'm like yeah. what's up with you and the birds, dude? Yeah, like they come back to him later. He's like I really just don't like these birds. He's kind of mumbling and a little grumbly about the birds for a while. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're on the roof. Big chase scene. Uh, Danny hates birds. Danny hates birds. Predator ends up in somebody else's apartment because Danny wounds Predator at this point. Chops his hand off. That's right. He Danny grabs a hold of one of Predator's weapons, which is sort of like a the discus thing. Yeah, like a spinning disc that you can like throw at things. And while in the grip of the Predator, Danny is able to cut off Predator's arm. Ouchie! He's got a big ouchie. Got a big ouchie. So Predator's just like, Rawr! and he jumps off the building and goes through the wall of the building across the street. Yeah, he ends up in someone's bathroom. Oh. This was a scene where I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. So he ends up in some random person's bathroom and he makes a salve for his severed hand right. with like crushed ceramic tile, mirror, and some sort of antidote. And I was just like, what is going on here? 
this is like Predator's Neosporin. I think it's supposed to be underlining how strong and tough Predator is and that the only way to but heal you can just grind up some like subway is... tile and put it on his arm. He, what do you expect him to do? Go to CVS and buy A and B ointment or something? Yeah. He gets, yeah. Like, <laughs> a box of Band-Aids and some Neosporin. Predator probably likes flexible fabric bandages too, like Band-Aids when he needs to put them on. And he probably just didn't have Waterproof. any of those at hand. The waterproof, yeah. Yeah. Ouchless <laughs> removal. <laughs> Predator washes his hair with uh, no more tears shampoo. He's yeah. a very sensitive man. He has a soft spot for children and uh, and he uses no more tears shampoo. At this and point, then he skedaddles, this... but he's still being chased by Danny Glover. And then but they have an old lady. They have a great old lady because the old lady comes out and she just keeps being like, Harold, there's somebody in the bathroom. And it turns out it's the Predator fixing himself up. And then the Predator jumps out of the bathroom wall and Kool-Aid man's right out of there and then oh, runs yeah. down. Yeah, and he runs down <laughs> the hallway. Then Danny comes by and he sees him and he's chasing after and he says to the old lady, don't worry, I'm a cop. And then because it's an old lady and we love it when old ladies do this in movies, she's like, I don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah. And then, shit. Yeah. She says shit. Oh. oh, he doesn't give a shit? Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think he gives a shit. So many people say fuck in this movie. I mean, why not her too? But no, she says shit. Let the record reflect. (laughs) I only wish the old lady was reading a copy of Rolling Stone while this happened. Like, well, she was was listening to Jeopardy. I know, but that's what an old lady would do. I I want to know this was a cool old lady, so she should have been reading Rolling Stone. Not like the other old ladies or skateboarding. Old lady. I'm a cool old lady. She's reading Thrasher. Yeah, she's really yeah. <laughs> she's got a Misfits t-shirt on. It would have been great. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like yeah, a rock and roll old lady. Yeah. <laughs> this is my son's band. Yeah. <laughs> um so this pursuit still happens, but then Alien ends up back at his feeding ground. Turns out he likes to eat beef. He likes to eat beef. This is great. This led to the best death scene, I think, for my money, I've seen in quite some time. The government guys have discovered that Predator needs to eat. And it turns out where he's eating is he found a sort of a beef butcher warehouse somewhere Mm -hmm. in downtown LA. And he's eating all the beef carcasses. Beef carcasses. So it's what's for dinner. (laughs) This is where Gary Busey and his guys are going to triangulate him or whatever it is you do. And they're going to trap him there. So they're at the beef house. And. All right, I'm getting. It's like cop team. There's kind of a moment where Gary Busey and the government guys bring Danny into their confidence and say, We keep telling you, Danny, you're out of your league. This is why. It's an alien. It's an alien. So it turns out. Yeah, so it turns out Gary Busey and his guys, they're not just merely feds. They're actually like an alien task force. They're like men in black before men in black. Right. But they don't wear black, and we don't like them. And they have the dossier on the story from the original Predator. So they're basically able to tell Danny, this species of Predator visited our planet once before. And we actually see footage of the lady from Predator 1. She actually ends up in the credits because of this. It's right. She's like a featured cast member. So anyway, Danny basically is brought up to speed that, all right, the Predator is a Predator from the planet Predator. And he's come to Earth. And he's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> planet predator species predator name predator, predator. vehicle predator and uh, mm-hmm. yeah gary Busey puts all the pieces together it's like yes he's here on planet earth to hunt for sport he's attracted to violence he's attracted to heat and our job is we're gonna trap and he him. loves the color purple and he loves the color both purple. the color <laughs> and the novel and the play and the movie starring danny glover 
Ooh. Yeah. Nice connection. Ooh. Very good. So maybe he saw a transmission <laughs> of the film The Color Purple in Outer Space, and he was like, wait a minute. I got to go to Earth to meet Danny Glover. I got to go find Danny Glover. I got to go find Danny Glover on Earth. Oh, and Shit. he's like, oh, you're a cop now? <laughs> yes. Oh wait, it's 1997. You're a cop. It's 97. You're a cop. You're you're not an actor anymore. You're a police officer. I don't oh. understand. Huh. Huh. I think yet again we just wrote a better Predator too than the one. <laughs> this is like the ET version of Predator too. It's like he's an alien. He's alone on Earth and he's scared. And only Danny, Danny Glover, Glover can find and protect. Only him. Danny Glover, the cop, not the actor. Yeah, not the actor. Yeah, and <laughs> so Danny is now brought up to speed. He knows what the Predator's doing here. He knows what the deal is. Do they kind of team up, him and Gary Busey? Because they end up in the beef house together. So what happens is Gary Busey and team figure out that alien can see heat. And that's how, or alien, Jesus, Predator. Predator, right. What movie were we talking about? We would never <laughs> talk about Alien because Alien is a great movie. And I would never make fun of it. Anyways, <laughs> disclaimer. So they figure out that Predator can see heat. So they put on these suits that totally mask their body heat. They look like the Mylar capes that people wear after they've gone running, racing. So they now figure that they've rendered themselves invisible to Alien or Predator. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to call them Alien. Danny Glover, Alien, and Gary Busey. Um, (laughs) But what they don't realize is that Predator's suit actually has lots of different viewing options. They think that Predator can only see heat. Well, guess what? Predator bleep, boop, blop, boop, bleeps on his right. little keypad on his arm, and now he's seeing in a different view. And guess what? He can see them. Predator, I think, has flashlight vision because you can see all the guys by their flashlights now. He's got different settings. So it's just like, Gary Busey, you were kind of naive to think that he can only see one way. He can see multiple ways. Now Predator is starting to encircle them. And Danny Glover, back in the truck with some of the other finance bros who are watching this all unfold, he realizes, oh, fuck, he could see you. He could see you. He knows where you're at. You're not invisible. And Danny's like, get out of there. Get out of there. But nobody listens to him. And Danny, once again, vigilante style, is just like, fucking going in and I'm going to save these finance bros and Gary Busey from being (laughs) slaughtered. But this is my favorite part. He's like, I got to go save these guys right now. Danny runs out of the trailer, but he runs over to his car. And I swear to God, it takes about three minutes of screen time for him to put on his bulletproof vest, his holster, his gun, his all the stuff he's going to bring with him. They're intercutting between Gary Busey and his guys getting ambushed by Predator and Danny Glover out in the parking lot, very slowly putting on all of his weapons to go fight the Predator. So it's just really funny being like, oh, Danny, when I thought you left the trailer to go save Gary Busey, I thought you were really going to put some effort into it. I didn't think you were going to take your fucking time. No, he went to go He went to go play dress up. <laughs> he went to go play cop team dress up. <laughs> I took to go get my cop team outfit. So while Danny is getting geared up to go fight the Predator, everybody's ambushed and then including at this point we believe that gary Busey has also been ambushed yeah so danny runs back into the beef house what are we calling it beef factory beef house <laughs> beef house, beef house. <laughs> he he he's finished playing dress up as cop and he's run into the beef house it sounds that sounds like a reality show where you and someone that you're not getting along with beef go house. into beef house it's just and- you and your friend that you're beefing with and you go into yeah. beef house and you have to sort it out and you're not allowed to leave beef house until you sort it out and you're only given maybe a week's worth of food right so if you don't figure it out in a week you're either gonna beef till you die 
Yeah. Or you're going to figure it out. It's coming to CBS this fall. Wait, it's called Beef Till You yeah. No, <laughs> no, Beef House, semicolon, Beef Till You Die. Oh, wait, no, no, I got, no, first couple of seasons are called Beef House, and then later on, when we, there's enough seasons, enough people have been launched from it, you do Beef House, All Beef, All Stars. Ooh, yes. Can you imagine if you got famous off of Beef House? It's like, where did your career start? <laughs> well, my career actually started in reality TV. I was on the show Beef House. I was not there with my brother when we got locked in a house. We only had a week worth of food and we actually beefed for about 12 days and it got really bad. They not only do you like run out of food, but then like past that, it's like they shut off the electricity. They shut right. off the water. They, like, yeah. just keeps oh, yeah. going. You, you get the smellier and less clean. You beef in night vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom never out. liked you. <laughs> wait 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 beef house all night vision edition would also be good Jesus, so creepy (laughs) anyway danny runs into the beef house (laughs) (laughs) danny runs into the beef house and then to the director's credit the beef is used to good effect because danny is bobbing and weaving like he's yeah and it's it's like a boxing bag it's it's like rocky it's like when rocky goes and and rocky oh he's in the the slaughterhouse and he's like using the beef yeah so danny's jedi mind tricking his way through the beef slabs and he's running and he's tripping and falling and he's like is that a beef slab is that a predator i can't tell and he's freaking out and then the predator jumps down from the ceiling and it looks like it's lights out for Danny because it's like, no way can Danny manage all of this beef and a predator at the same time. <laughs> but then, surprise motherfuckers, Gary Busey is still alive. And Busey comes out and he's all like, I'm going to fucking rip your fucking face off, predator. Ah. He says something like, you're mine now. But this is what's great, is the predator has another spinny blade disc, like the one that Danny had stolen. Like a boomerang, he throws the bladed whirly disc. It cuts through all the beef. And it cuts through beef after beef after beef until it goes right through Gary Busey's head. You don't even see his head get cut off. You just see... No, you just see him drop to his knees. You just see his body and then like pools of blood drop from... His neck wound. I wrote this in my notes as this moment was the Busey beef kill. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So what's left of Busey drops like a big old sack of beef right to the ground and Busey's gone. And now it is mono e predator Um, (laughs) because there's nobody left. All the government guys. They're all dead. It's Danny's turn. Now Danny's got to fight predator and Danny does. I'm sorry. I'm stealing all your recap action. Go ahead. Sorry. Danny follows predator down into the depths of LA chasing him. And then we find ourselves on predator spaceship. Turns out Predator parked his spaceship in uh, downtown down- LA, unnoticed. Yeah, underground. Yeah. <laughs> no one in LA goes to downtown LA, so he probably could have gotten away with it. And here's my little factoid I wanted to give you. Yeah. Danny basically goes inside of the alien spaceship. I'm sorry. He goes, I'm sorry. Predator spaceship. <laughs> We're going to Danny- keep doing it, man. Don't even bother to edit. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. But Danny goes into Predator spaceship. And before anything can happen, he's basically looking around and he finds himself in Predator's trophy room. Mm-hmm. And up on the wall are all the various skulls. Next to the softball trophies. Right. The, the com- softball company, yeah. so- company softball trophies. Next to employee of the month plaque and everything. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that there's a bunch of human skulls. And these are the skulls of all the people who we've seen get killed in this movie. Is there an alien skull up there? 
there is. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's I was, was like, wait a minute. I was like thinking about the skulls, and I was like, wait yeah. a minute. One of those skulls kind of looked like that elongated alien shape, and it was. Right. So that was the factoid I was going to drop, which is one of the skulls on the wall is alien from the movie Alien. And this was simply meant to be an in-joke, but it spawned an entire whole thing because there was a whole series of Alien versus Predator comic books that got made. And then after the success of those, that's when somebody said, hey, we should make an Alien versus Predator movie. And then now there's been like five Alien versus Predator movies or something like that. So basically this one tiny little in-joke spawned an entire cottage industry. Yeah, so that was my factoid. And then Danny's inside and Alien... uh, (laughs) Predator <laughs> Predator shows up and they fight for a little bit. He kills Alien or Predator. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he kills Predator. So they fight for a while. He kills Predator. If it makes you feel better, I I, I very quickly just referred to uh, Danny as Andy. So it almost became Andy starts beating up Alien. So Danny. This is like a recap done by my mom. <laughs> This is the kind of shit my mom does. She'll just change everyone's names around, and then you're just like, "Wait, wait what, are, what are we talking?" And about? at the end of the em- at the end of the episode, everybody realizes we just recapped an episode of Blue Bloods or something. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so after momentarily having his ass handed to him by the predator, Danny gets the upper hand. He takes out his blade weapon, and he basically guts him from his stomach up to his head. And Predator crashes over and dies. Finally, and you're like. Thank God. End of the movie. Danny wins. Then we see a whole bunch of predators come out of the woodwork. They just kind of walk in and appear and Danny is surrounded. They become invisible. Yes, they become invisible. If that is a uninvisible, yeah, uninvisible, uh, uninvisible is probably well. The it's right a word, word now. And he drops his weapon, and he's just like accepts the fact that he's like totally fucked. And I guess this yeah. is just this is how I die now. I die at the hands of multiple predators. But instead of killing him, they hand him an old timey gun with an inscription on it that I don't remember. It's like somebody's name and the year seventeen something. Yes, yeah, so it's um. I had it in my notes. What was it? I don't remember the name of the person. It was Christopher Columbus, 1492. Yeah, so it's it's Christopher Columbus. Yes, Uh, it just—I'm sorry—it just said 1715. It had somebody's name on it, but I don't remember the name. But I don't think that's important. Uh, or Jebed- at least not for now. Jebediah. Jebediah, yeah. Johnny Appleseed. Jebediah Morton. It's actually Andrew's great, 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 great grandfather. Turns out this movie is a sequel to my actual life. The 1715 pistol tells us two things. Tells us one that yes, the predator is a sport hunter. He's not out just to willy nilly kill fucking anybody. And yes, and the second thing is he has been to Earth before, at least one other time. So he hands over this gun, this old timey gun to Danny Glover, and then him and the rest of his predators pick up dead predator and walk him out of the room, and they all disappear. And it's it's kind of moving when they take him out, don't you think? Yeah, it's it's like a little mini funeral. And they're also just kind of like, Danny Glover, we don't care about you. We came here to like claim our own. Here's this old timey gun and we're going to leave and you need to get off this spaceship because the spaceship's leaving right fucking now with or without you. So Danny runs off as the alien spaceship blasts off out of the LA sewer or whatever. And and I, I think a visual callback to the first film, Danny's running as far as he can get. And then a big giant white explosion happens behind him and he jumps out of the way. It's basically mm-hmm. a shot for shot redo of Arnold 
getting out of the way of the alien explosion in the first film. The aliens depart. Danny emerges above ground into the wreckage of... of uh, His life. Of his life. <laughs> yeah, cellular system. Gary Busey's right-hand man emerges out. and He's like, damn it, we almost had him. And then Danny looks down at the pistol from 1715 and sort of laughs a little bit to himself like, and looks up at the chance. sky. And he goes, he goes, I don't... Is that what he says? He goes, you'll have another chance or... He calls them assholes too. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, you'll have another chance, assholes, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He definitely says assholes. But he basically says something to the effect like, I now know that this is not the first time Predator has been here, so don't worry. They're coming back, and maybe this time they'll bring you an old-timey weapon to keep in your hope chest. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Danny has a hope chest. And then... um cut to end credits and that's it so you're sort of left with the disquieting feeling that not only that this movie wasn't good but also that the predators you know i fast forwarded through the credits hoping that they did the credits like they did for predator senior predator seniors closing credits were like an 80s sitcom yeah they showed everyone's faces and they would look at the camera and be like ha and it'd be like freeze with their names. And I was really hoping that they would continue that predator tradition of like 80s sitcom. It would have been amazing. And like like people giving a thumbs up and stuff. Be like, oh my God, you caught me talking on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually where the then the granny lady could have been reading a Rolling Stone there. Cause like, like on the toilet. Yeah. She's like, like yeah. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are we ready for this? I think we are. I think we're 100% ready for three key takeaways. <laughs> okay, I can do key takeaway number one. Go ahead, do it. Uh, I don't think we ever actually mentioned this at any point, but Gary Busey's character, his last name was Keys. Okay. And Gary Busey's character essentially was he was a guy from the government Mm -hmm. on the trail of an alien, but not trying to let anyone know that he knew that aliens existed or were trying to find aliens. I don't know if you recall this, but in the movie E.T., Peter Coyote plays the government guy on the trail of E.T., and his name is Keys. And I was just wondering, wait a minute. This is a second guy on the looking for aliens and it, the government guy's name is Keys. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think it's a hat tip. I think it's a hat tip. You think it's a hat? Okay. Did you do any research and see if maybe it was a, in fact a I hat did tip, zero or is research. A, is this a, okay. <laughs> and which is fine. So this is an Andrew Morton theory. This is an Andrew that... Morton theory, but a theory that fits the facts. Don't you think? No, <laughs> no, but, but I don't know. Do you think I'm wholly off base or do you think? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I could see, I think it's plausible. Of all the names to grab, that's the name that's grabbed. And you know, it's of the time. It's what, eight years before? E.T. was eight years before? Uh, Yeah. 82, right? Yeah, 82. 82. 82. So eight years before this movie. But if you add in the seven years of when this movie just took place. 15. (laughs) 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess I'm thinking this. If if they had fun by putting a skull of an alien on Predator's trophy wall. Why not hat tip to E.T. as well? Why not hat tip ET is how I feel. Yeah. Okay. That's my key takeaway number one. My key takeaway number one is maybe it's just me, but I really wanted more out of this MCA being pregnant. I did too. I did too. I wanted 100%. more. I mean, I didn't need it to be turned into a whole other movie or a prequel or anything like right. that, but it's just like all of a sudden she's just like randomly pregnant. 
We don't know anything about like maybe she had a partner. Maybe she was a good time Sally. I don't know. It's just like all of a sudden she's just pregnant and then she's taken to the hospital and then we never see her again. Like it didn't need to be this like huge big plot point. It was just like this strange random fact. Right. That was just like, oh, she's pregnant. The end. I have a little bit of a theory as to what it might be. You think it's aliens, baby? Or no, 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 baby? No, no. Well, you know, at the open, oh the open, when they introduce Bill Paxton at the start of the movie, he's kind of like being jokey with everybody, but he's also like trying to be flirty with yeah, he's trying Maria to Conchita Alonso. Yeah, and and then I think it was Bill Paxton's kid. <laughs> yeah, is that where yeah. you're going with this? That's where I was going with that. I was like, I was like, no, maybe I they, so. I was like, maybe there's a whole unspoken plot line here going on, and maybe it underlines and makes Bill Paxton's death even sadder. I don't know. I guess I can see that, but they just didn't have that relationship. I mean, I could see maybe the relationship going there if they'd spent more time together. Right. But I feel like it was too much in its infancy. And I think that at this point in their relationship, she still looked at him as very much as the new quote unquote kid in town. But yeah, I just wanted more out of that. It just seemed like this like really random thing that just like popped up and then like that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I know. I, I'm still going to go with my theory, but fair enough. But fair enough. But... <laughs> you do you, man. Yeah. <laughs> my key takeaway, number two, not even a key takeaway. It's just that I noticed that you and I did not comment on the very unfortunate line that they gave Danny at one point after Danny's gotten a look at what Predator actually looks like. And then they're having a fight on the roof. Danny's just like, <gasps> he calls him pussy face. <laughs> Yeah, I was offended. Yeah, was. I was just like, that's not what it looks like. There's just... no teeth. There's no teeth. I know that's a thing. There's no teeth. Okay. And there's a just... lot of sexism that we didn't talk about in this movie. Either. Oh, yeah. There's like a ton of sexism. The makers of this movie, they went to 11 on everything. And I just thought the one little thing you guys could have swerved is like, you didn't need to make a pussy joke. And I'm just thinking like, you know, this is Danny Glover, who's genuinely a great actor. I wonder if Danny Glover was like, you know, I was in the color purple. They're like, that's really great, Danny. Now say the line pussy face. And then blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, yeah. So. But then it's like movies like these where it's like, I get it. You need to make a mortgage payment. All right. We all got bills to pay. I've worked at some places that I'm embarrassed about, you know, and Danny's just like, I'm going to get that new in-ground pool. Just think about the in-ground pool. Say the line. Think about the in-ground pool. pool. Yeah, yeah. We don't begrudge. We don't begrudge Danny a pool, I don't think. No. Okay. Mine, number two, was, you might have already recognized this, but this was something that was surprising just to me. So the guy who plays the sergeant, who we didn't really talk about because it wasn't really worth talking about. His character was just like this tough guy sergeant who's trying to like rein Danny in, but like can't really rein him in. He's one of the villains from the Goonies. Yes. Robert Davi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't re- I didn't recognize. I mean, I sort of recognized him and I was like, you look so familiar. Why do I know you? And I didn't want to like, I don't know. I always use like internet, IMDb, blah, blah, blah. Right. as like last resort because I actually somehow grossly like to come to these conclusions by myself it's like a weird sense of pride just give me that i've got literally nothing else going on in my life just give me the fucking pride of being able to figure out things in my own brain and not using the internet yeah and it was killing me and i was just like i know who this guy is and i just can't figure out where i know him from and i like spent a little time on it and then i was like fuck it and i went to imdb and looked him up and then i was like yes goonies yeah so robert davy in addition to that he he's popped a trained up, opera singer yes he yes he is yeah so when he goonies when he's singing an opera that's like him he's, yeah he he's went, actually he doing it trained in opera 
you remember when I told you earlier that the producer of this movie was Joel Silver and Joel Silver did Die Hard as well as the Lethal Weapon movies? Mm -hmm. So a big chunk of the cast from this movie were guys who were in Lethal Weapon and there's also a chunk of people who were in Die Hard. Robert Davi was in Die Hard, so he probably Mm -hmm. got the job off of that. And I can nerd you one better on all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, do you Mm -hmm. remember in the early scene when Danny and all the cops are trying to figure out how they're going to get the Colombian drug guys while they're getting all that machine gun fire laid down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a guy, sort of a gruff lieutenant guy in the background. And that guy, his name is Steve. It's either Kahane or Kahan. Okay. And the only reason I bring that up is because uh, he's the cousin of Richard Donner who directed Goonies. Goonies all around, man. And he's also the extra Richard Donner connection is that in the Lethal Weapon movies, he plays Riggs and Murtaugh's boss. He plays the angry captain in those movies. Damn. That's a whole Goonies swamp. It is a Goonies verse. It's a Goonies verse, a whole Goonies soup going on. in. Man, uh, we should have Chester Copperpot skeleton fight Predator. Actually, I would watch a movie where Sloth fights the Predator. That's even better. That's (laughs) even better than Chester Copperpot's skeleton. Yeah. (laughs) Sloth versus Predator, and that could become a whole universe, a whole series. Yeah, yeah. Like when Predator defeats the alien, then he goes after Sloth. He goes after Sloth. Yeah, that kind of Goonies never say die. (laughs) Okay, my key takeaway number three is this. Not to bring it all back to the E.T. thing again, but I'm going to bring it back to the E.T. thing again. We were just saying in the last scene, when the Predators decide to leave Danny Glover alone, and they're like, all right, we're going to go back to being Predators. Get off our ship, Danny Glover. But they give him basically absolutely no time to get off the ship. Literally none. It's amazing he even makes it off. Exactly. I would, If this were real life, Danny Glover's character would be out in space, and he'd be like, fuck. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and since you and I are talking about how we tend to do better rewrites on these things, I was like, I think you guys just set up Predator 3. Danny Glover lost in space. Yeah, it would have been an inverse of E.T., which is like an E.T. Oh, lands Danny on- Glover on would be E.T. Yeah, and he's got to go to Predator Planet, and he's like, oh, I just want to get home. Predator children yeah. helping him get home. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. Oh. Yeah, so he's got to- uh, Yeah, so um, that could have been a Predator 3. would have gone to Planet of the Predators, and Danny would have been running around, and like a nice Predator child would have found Danny and been like- Hit him oh, in the you. closet. Hit him in the closet, and then like they would have gone out for Predator Halloween. Yeah. And then maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger could have showed up and saved him at the end on a spaceship or yeah. something. And reanimated Carl Weathers. Right. Reanimated because Carl that's Weathers. where the dead go. The dead go there. <laughs> the dead would've... go there. That's heaven, actually. Heaven wow. is the predator planet. Wait. Uh, heaven is a place on, on predator, predator Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to do <laughs> heaven is a place on <laughs> I saw where you're going. It was kind of a fail, but I saw yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I stumbled. I know in where it. you're going. I stumbled I down the stairs. Going. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's my idea for Predator 3, and it would have made probably a pretty good Predator 3. So. I would watch it. I would probably be happier watching that than Predator 2. So my last and our final takeaway is, I don't want to like rag on his face. That's not what this comment is about. But what is it about Gary Busey that makes him so fucking creepy? I can't put my finger on it. Is it the eyes? Is it the stare? I think it's the eyes. It's the eyes? Okay, yeah. I'm just like, I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something about Gary Busey, no matter what I see him in. I'm just like, you weird me out. I think it's maybe like a dead eyes situation. Like he's looking really intently, but he's not necessarily looking at you or anything. Everything just seems buried in his brain somewhere. Maybe or like buried rage. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of that. I don't think he's looking at you. He's looking through you. And there's something there's something God. scary about that. There's something a little unfortunate. Yeah, that guy is just like weirds me out. 
You're not the only person that this has been a thing for, if it does make you feel any better. It's the Busey effect. (laughs) It's the Busey Busey Busey. effect. You've been taken by the Busey effect. You've been (laughs) Buseyed. All right, well, that's it. So I guess maybe next time we could do like a real horror movie. Yeah, we (laughs) can. Next time we can actually do a real horror movie, I promise I'll pick something that's uh, not. Yeah, I'll get it right one of these days. That's how I'm kind of looking at it. I'll get it, I'll get it right one of these days. So, yeah, I, I have no excuse for myself. I'm ashamed and I have no excuse. So, <laughs> OK, this is Cookie Crisp. And this is Chili Crisp. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Stab Gab. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Damn birds. Damn birds.